one day we will. One of those bits and um, a, a very deep and I, I guess as an extension of that, um, we'll just enjoy living. But that might be in a simplest way. Look at the problems going on. Just putting bread in the toaster. I'm going through problem saving eggs out for any way to retire or cleaning the teeth or what. Really, when you think of it, we're going to be sort of, you know. Let me ask a question to, to begin with, one day and have to answer it all. Question to everyone. <clears throat> Do you ever enjoy sitting? Do you ever enjoy just sitting? Well, if you keep doing it, one day you will. Even if you, even if you find a bit of a task now. If you keep on doing it, one day you will. And, um, and I, I guess as an extension of that, um, you'll just enjoy living, whatever that might be, it's in its simplest way. Um, just putting bread in the toaster, or getting eggs out of the fridge, or cleaning the teeth, or walking down the road. You shall just learn to enjoy those simple things of life a lot more. Don't turn it off, don't. If you keep practicing, <clears throat> that something just just naturally comes with it, and it comes um, not because you've gained anything. In fact, it's probably more the opposite. It it, it happens because you've lost a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of unnecessary baggage you've been carrying around, and. Uh, One of those bits of baggage, or a, a very big bundle of baggage that we all carry around, <clears throat> is wanting to get rid of the problems that we actually have in our life or face in our life, and think that you know, some kind of nirvana is where you're problem-free. Is anyone ever going to be problem-free until the day you die? Really, when you think of it? We're going to be sort of, you know, parceled up in a neat little package one day and all the problems will be gone. And you think, oh, now I can live my life now because all the problems are gone. So you spend all this time going through problems, saving up your superannuation to retire, and then you get arthritis. Yeah? Any other problems? Um, I want to quote to you from um, this uh, biography. It's a wonderful book. Um, of uh, the life and teaching of Shunri Suzuki, Suzuki Roshi, who was one of the first generation Japanese Zen teachers in, in America, San Francisco, who was um, really revered by a lot of people. And the name of the book is um, <coughs> Crooked Cucumber. When he was a young monk, his teacher gave him that name of Crooked, crooked Cucumber, which is a kind of a insult <laughs> because all, all the good cucumbers are straight ones and the crooked ones get thrown out because they look ugly so he called him a crooked cucumber so his practice through his life was to become a crooked cucumber no longer was a problem to him that he was crooked rather than straight and one with his crookedness a teaching to all of us and he said 
The person who falls on the earth stumbling on, stumbling on a stone will stand up by means of the same earth they fell on. You complain because you think earth is the problem, having caused your fall. Without the earth, you wouldn't fall, but you wouldn't stand up either. Falling and standing are both great aids given to you by the earth. Because of Mother Earth, you can continue your practice. You are practicing in the zendo of the great earth, which is the problem. Problems are actually your zendo, the place of practice for Mother Earth. What would it be like if we saw that life actually wasn't a problem? That your difficult spouse or partner, which is us, not them, us, you know, but if we just saw them as they are, you know, or the day-to-day -day problems that go from living in a big city and commuting and travelling and dealing with all the kind of things that come up from that, what if we just viewed them as that they just were, rather than that they were a problem that we had to get rid of? What if we just embraced the unwanted, mm -hmm. rather than turning it into something that we have to fix? Mm -hmm. Be a different perspective on life, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, when you consider that you're going to have problems until the day you die, it would be good to start to turn it around and look at it that way, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. There are. Um, <clears throat> problems that arise in the what we might call the external world, you know, of um, things that we we don't want, or things we want to get rid of, or things we want to fix up. Um, but I want to focus a little bit more on the internal experience and the internal experience that happens when we meditate, um, which is really just a more focused version of our everyday life. Um, If you do Sazen for long enough and you observe the experience of being and the experience of consciousness and thoughts arising and emotions arising and passing away, um, somewhere along the line you'll realise to yourself you actually have no control about what happens. Or I should say you have no control over what actually arises in your mind. It just arises. A feeling of anger comes up, just arises, or it goes away. Um, we do have some modicum of control over what we do with what arises. We can say no to it. So say an instance of a feeling of anger or irritability comes up in your mind, you can experience it, but you can say no in terms of acting on it. But do you really have any control over what actually comes up? Maybe if you look into it, you, you'll see that you don't. <clears throat> um, but yes, we can, we can work with um, not getting fixated on the storylines that come into our mind. We can just bear witness to them and see them come and go. Or we can just bear witness to the contractions that happen in our body around the, the, this stuff. We can discern what is harmful or not harmful, wholesome or not wholesome. But ultimately, we, we can't really control what comes up. Um, we often have sort of mis, misunderstandings of what willpower is. 
I think some people get caught up in trying to will what will be in their mind and what won't be in their mind, you know, and creating some sense of purity. It's a bit of a waste of time. Just arising. If I go back to my um, <coughs> first experiences of doing meditation in the temple, in the Zen temple in Japan years ago, um, as a, a young man in my 20s, I overthought everything and I was full of doubt. And if I reflected on the, the emotional tone that was behind the self-doubt, it was kind of like a feeling of guilt making sure I didn't do anything wrong or make a mistake. And when I started um, meditating, I couldn't entertain the, the doubt and the guilt and concentrate at the same time. So one had to go. <coughs> and I chose that the doubt and the guilt would go. And just focused on trying to be with the breath moment after moment. And then a fear came up in my mind that if I didn't entertain the doubt and the guilt, I might turn into a sociopath. Well, I don't think I did. But we think, we think sometimes all of this kind of negativity or sort of vigilance or whatever serves some kind of function. But what happens, and in the beginning stages of practice, um, we do realistically probably have to deal with a little bit more self-control. That, that's why... Like, for instance, the precepts in Zen act in a different way when you're beginning as to when you start to mature in the practice. Maybe you need to have strong guidelines in place to begin not to do things that are harmful to yourself or, or others. But if you just stayed there in practice, it wouldn't mature, it wouldn't deepen. And what, what happens with practice over time is that um, there's something else which is coming through, we call it self or Buddha nature or wisdom or compassion um, but as you start to practice and you just observe what you're experiencing you just you just develop a trust that this stuff comes through and, and guides you in your life it's not so intellectual it's not so based on right and wrong and that that's the nature of practice deepening is that it, it's, a, it's ultimately a trusting process rather than a controlling process. Just trusting that if you just stay with being, um, if you just stay with your present moment experience without glossing it up in some way or adding some negativity on it, you can just kind of trust that it'll emerge. The appropriate actions come out of that. And <clears throat> like I said in the beginning, that's not really the gaining of anything, it's really the losing of something over and over again. Each time you sit down to meditate, you lose something. And the more you lose, the more you have a chance for natural joy just to emerge in your life. So when you sit in meditation, you just sit and the expectations have dropped away that you're going to be happy doing it or that some result's going to come out of it or you're going to become a better person. It just all drops away. 
and then something more natural has a chance to shine through. 